Welcome into Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here. The Knicks are done in Summer League, unfortunately losing in the championship game. But I don't think that affects my thoughts on these guys too much. I'm going to go into why Quentin Grimes showed us much more than what I ever thought he was going to show us as a player. Why Jericho Sims maybe gives the Knicks too much of a good thing this coming year. And why the Westchester Knicks should be a pretty good time, given what we just saw. Next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Right now. Starts with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up left. He now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor in chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. And as I said in the uh, intro there, we got to see the Knicks lose in the Summer League finals. Very sad. It was kind of. It definitely was kind of sad because I feel like every single year we t- we come into summer league and the Knicks often will have, you know, a couple of rookies, couple second year players, whatever. And every single year we talk ourselves into like, yeah, all right. Like, I know this means nothing, but it's still pretty cool to get wins no matter the time of the year. And like, I feel good about the Knicks young core right now. I bet you that they can, you know, make some noise in this summer league and they almost never do. And then go figure this year, the year that they trade out of the first round and don't have a first round rookie to come bring in and show off during summer league, they end up being awesome. Uh, and they were so much fun to watch and it was really a, a fun little ride. You know, it's a nice little distraction in the middle of the summer was sad to see the Knicks lose. However, I was seeing some people overreact a little bit to the summer league, uh, finale there. And it's like, all right. I mean, the Blazers just played a good game and they obviously they had the Knicks number the last time they played too. So I was not overly surprised to see that they managed to beat the Knicks again, Part of that was that Quentin Grimes just did not have a great game in this one, and that's fine. I mean, honestly, I don't know what people were expecting as far as overall for Grimes during the summer league. I understand that he showed out quite a bit and did better, I think, than anybody thought he was going to do in that lead role, but it's so funny how expectations so quickly turn from, oh, let's just see what Grimes has, to why didn't Grimes lead the Knicks to a championship by himself? You know, I... I don't know. He had an off game. It's what happens. He's not going to be in that role in the NBA. And that leads me to my first point, actually. I'm doing three big takeaways from the Knicks Summer League here. And Quentin Grimes is more than just a 3 and D guy, I think. I I think I can comfortably say that after this Summer League. I'll just give the slash line real quick. Uh, 22.6 points per game, 4.2 boards, 4 assists. uh, Shot 41.4% overall, 31% from 3 and 69% from the free throw line. None of those percentages are that great, but he was tasked with being the engine of this team, of being like the primary scorer, one of the primary distributors, and he did it. And I think that that is really the most important thing to take away here because 
the big thing is he's never going to have to be that guy in the NBA, or maybe he develops into it at some point and then he can assume that role, but he's never going to be asked to be the guy bringing the ball down the floor. He's never going to be the, like, just go get me a bucket guy in the NBA. It's just not going to happen if his career trajectory goes as most people probably think it's going to go. And he just becomes a really good role player. And especially on a team, like as of right now, it looks like they're going to be starting Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett and Julius Randall. I mean, he's, he's never going to have to bring the ball up the floor. He's never going to have to really break the defense down. What he's mostly going to have to do is catch and shoot, which we know that he can do really well. Uh, he's going to maybe want to have a better ability to attack closeouts, which I think we saw during summer league. And we saw at times during uh, last season. And, you know, you want him to be able to make that pass that he has to, if, you know, the situation arises. And I think summer league proved that he can do that, particularly in those first few games, as well as we saw a little bit of that last year too. So I think that during this summer league, we sort of just saw Grimes that was like the, the, the version of himself from last year where they just basically, you know, said, all right, let's just juice this all the way up and you're going to have to do all that and more regardless of if you're comfortable with it or not. Cause you're like the only dude that we can count on to be like a full on offensive, you know, wing engine for this team in lieu of having, you know, your normal teammate like RJ Barrett or something like that, or Julius Randall, or now Jalen Brunson to sort of be that creator and that, that like automatic go-to scorer. So I think in that, scope he did really well and he probably exceeded expectations and you know I don't think that he has a star trajectory in him and maybe I could be wrong about that like we've talked about on the show before he had great high school pedigree and a really great high school class which you know obviously he was in that class with some of his teammates now RJ Barrett Cam Reddish Zion Williamson guys like that that were all pretty highly regarded Grimes was I think anywhere from like eighth to twelfth or something in that class by general consensus so you know, he he has the pedigree to potentially be more than what he is now. But I think that he'll ultimately just settle in as like, you know, maybe he doesn't turn into uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell, for example, you know, even as as just like a primary scoring guy. But, you know, maybe he turns into like, a I don't know, Andrea Godala or something like that. Maybe not necessarily his early career version that was sort of that go to score, but like the mid career version that was just like the best role player on a really good team. Uh, I, I could very much see that. And if he's only going to be tasked with being like the fourth best offensive player on the floor, most of the time, plus all the defense that he offers, he's going to have a ton of value in the NBA for a really long time. So I think this summer league was really good for Quentin Grimes to sort of test his limits. And I was really happy with the results. So I, I'm totally good with how things went. The last performance doesn't bother me at all. And, you know, he made all summer league first team too, which super matters. I'm sure that he'll, hang that plaque on his wall for the rest of time. Uh, but at any rate, I, I think that's uh, basically it. I guess I should also just note, like, if he does end up being part of a Donovan Mitchell trade, I think that this summer league maybe could increase the value that he has to the Jazz in a way because he did show at least, like, on a team full of young players, he can take a leadership role. He can be that de facto guy to go to for a year, even if he's not the best at it. You know, he could potentially be the one to take on that burden because you figure if he goes to the Jazz, he's most likely joining a team that's going to be with like Walker Kessler, Leandro Balmaro, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jared Butler. So like the team's not going to be good, um, but he could at least be serviceable, you know, as they go on their uh, trek towards Victor Wembenyama. 
and, and, you know, go all aboard the tank. So I guess we'll see how that all goes. Uh, I want to talk about Jericho Sims in just a second, because I think that he had a, a really great uh, summer league as well. Maybe in a, in a weird way, it's going to be almost too much of a good thing for the Knicks this coming year. But first, I got to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball season and some all-star stuff, which I'll get to in just a second. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you're like me, you're checking out some odds for the Home Run Derby, which is going on tonight. Uh, I'm admittedly getting this podcast out a little late, so by the time you're listening to this, maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe you could tell me I was an idiot for saying so, but... I think Pete Alonso at plus 215 to win, no bias at all as a big Mets fan here and a big Pete Alonso fan. I think that's a steal. I think you take that all day. He's going to go. He's going to three-peat. He's going to join like, you know, the Lakers and uh, the Bulls, get a three-peat in this and, uh, and do it in style, I'm sure, as we saw with Pete Alonso. So go bet Pete Alonso plus 215 at Bet Online. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, that brings me to the second segment here. And as I said, I want to talk about Jericho Sims. I feel like I've talked about him quite a bit. Uh, probably won't get to talk about him quite as much during the regular season. So I guess it's a good thing to get it out now. Like he is definitely going to be the third center in the rotation going into the season behind Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein, which I'll get into in just a minute. But as far as the summer league performance, Sims ends summer league with averages of 11.6 points, nine rebounds, two stocks and 2.2 assists per game. Uh, I really liked what we saw out of him in, in all respects. I think that he did a good job of displaying his brand of rim protection, where it was just sort of like rim deterrence, like him being like, I can jump really high and get in front of you and, that scared a bunch of people off, and he did a pretty good job with that. He also still showed that he's pretty switchy on defense, which is awesome. Uh, you know, I, I think that that's something which I'll mention in a minute. That's maybe his most unique trait amongst the three centers that the Knicks have right now. Uh, obviously, as a finisher, he's not just one of the most explosive guys on the Knicks. He's probably one of the most explosive players in the entire NBA as far as just pure vertical ability and then you know power to just stuff that ball through the hoop i mean he is one of the best out there at that so i i you know i think that he didn't really prove too much new i think that he just showed okay i am who i said i was or he didn't say but who he showed he was towards the end of last year with his play and really just sort of solidified what he can be in the nba which is a hyper athletic rim running center who maybe has a little more finesse to his game than we think, like did show off some, you know, some little post moves and stuff at different points during this summer league, which he did last year in summer league too. So I'd be intrigued to see if he brings any of that out during an actual NBA game this year, but really just a, a great center who sets great screens, plays his role fantastically. And, and I love that he's on the Knicks for three more years on a pretty affordable deal, but I will say, Oh, and, and I almost didn't bring up the one little extra thing that I liked from him. Uh, bringing the ball up the court after a rebound and starting the fast break, I thought was really great too. Like that's a really cool little skill. A number of people that 
you know, I know and like on, on Twitter had pointed that out early on and I, I started watching for it after that. And it, it was the absolute truth. Like that was a really cool little development to see, especially because that's not something that like Mitchell Robinson really seems comfortable with. And I would be lying if I said I've watched enough of Hartenstein to know for sure if he is, but like if you get a center that can grab the ball and at least take a few dribbles and start the break and not just get it stripped from him and then get the, get things moving, especially on a team where like Sims, if he sees minutes and Julius Randall is still on the team, probably going to be seeing his minutes with Obi Toppin. Obi is like the master of getting out in transition. So if that transition can get started sooner, then all the better, because then that makes it that much easier to find Obi streaking towards the hoop. Um, but what I was saying at the beginning I still think he's probably the third guy. You know, obviously Mitchell Robinson just got four years, $60 million contract, uh, which is paying him like a starting center. Uh, Hartenstein is being paid like a good backup, you know, two years, $16 million. So I, I do think that Sims offers a little more in switchability than either of those guys, which is a, obviously a great trait to have in the modern NBA. You want guys that can switch and not get punished if they have to, you know, be on a point guard or a shooting guard or something like that for a second. Um, and I don't think that there's a big rebounding drop-off once you put him in there for Mitchell Robinson and also for Hartenstein, who I think is a good rebounder too. So no matter what, you can get really good rebounding from these guys. I think his rim protection is not quite as good as uh, certainly Mitch and maybe not as good as Hartenstein either, but he's certainly not a slouch as at you know protecting the rim. Like He can, again, get vertical, and you know the older he gets, the more experienced he gets the better he'll get at that skill too, of just getting vertical, even if he's not going to get a block. Uh, so, you know, I think that maybe he could see some spot minutes with that switchability. If the Knicks find themselves facing a team that's really going small, maybe that's he's their best look. Or maybe it's Hartenstein because of the shooting ability. You know, who knows? But there are some scenarios where I could see Sims maybe getting some minutes, even in a crowded, you know, three-man center rotation. Um, but, you know, for better or worse, I think this is, uh, this is where the Knicks find themselves. And the only reason I say for worse is with three centers as good as what they have right now, it's basically a guarantee that Obi Toppin or Julius Randle are never going to get a minute at the five this year. And, you know, at, even under a, a non-Tibbs coach, that might be the case. But especially under Tibbs, there's basically zero chance that, you know, they're going to go small at any point. And I guess, like I said, playing Sims might be the closest that the Knicks do go to going small. Or at least they now have Hartenstein, who, even if he's not like a quote-unquote small ball center, at least is a quote-unquote shooting center that can you know space the floor a little bit and give you that semblance of a uh, lineup like that. So maybe it's an overstated problem, but as someone who's wanted to see Obi and Randall play together, especially if Randall is still going to be on the team, I mean... It's a little disappointing in its own way, but I'm not, you know, it's like complaining about having too much money or something like the Knicks have three guys that realistically look like they could potentially be starting centers in the NBA. Sims probably isn't there yet, but I could easily see a trajectory where he ends up a starting center in the NBA and going forward. That does kind of, you know, that helps the Knicks like they do have Sims now locked up to a three year deal where he makes, I think, between one and a half billion to two million for the rest of the deal. So that sets them up in a good place as far as being able to, uh, you know, eventually if a big deal comes along down the line, let's say like, I don't know, Joel Embiid or something becomes available. I doubt it's going to happen because of how things are going in Philly, but that Leon Rose connection, whatever, you know, if he becomes available and the Knicks want to use Mitchell Robinson's salary, 
and talent level, obviously, to sort of say to Philly, like, here, here's a really talented center, then they still have another guy sitting there. Or even if they trade Mitch for like a wing or a or you know a non-center, then Sims, you know, is a inexpensive center and he's locked up for three more years. So it's it's a good position to be in that the Knicks are in. You know, it's like again, it's like complaining about having too much of a good thing. Like, oh, I just made breakfast and I have too much bacon. What am I gonna do with it? You know what I mean? Like nobody really complains about that stuff. So anyway, uh I think I could get to my third point now as well. Which is a pretty simple one, you know, nice lighthearted note to go out on and send summer league off. Uh, the Westchester Knicks, I think, are going to be a pretty fun time this year. I have not exactly made them appointment television outside of a couple times when Deuce was playing there last year. I watched it, you know, I, I watched the game online and sort of skimmed through to see some Deuce and whatever and see what was going on and some Jericho Sims and all that stuff. But just by themselves, I think the Westchester Knicks might have a pretty pretty fun little squad this year, like Fahrenheit. Uh, you know, again, I'll, I'll give him his flowers one more time. Like, I think he really showed a great skill set as far as being a defensive minded wing slash like stretchy power forward kind of guy. Like he offers on defense a lot, I think, of what Obi Toppin does, which is just like ability to play passing lanes and be disruptive, but then also get out and transition and finish out there um, and occasionally hit shots as well. So like. In a post-Julius world where the Knicks have Obi and then maybe they sign or trade for someone to be his backup, you know, a sort of a injury insurance type guy or like breaking case of emergency type, I don't mind having Fahrenheit on the roster. I think that, you know, the defense will probably translate to the NBA no matter what, even if his offense is a little behind or honestly maybe just not quite good enough to be a consistent NBA player. Um, you know, just defensively, I don't think you lose anything with him on the floor at the NBA level. Deuce McBride, I think we'll probably get some time with the Westchester Knicks as well. And hopefully they can emphasize him getting inside more often. Cause I think that was for sure. One of his biggest weaknesses in summer league. Um, and I brought it up a number of times and I think he relies a little too, too much on pull up shooting and, you know, he's really good at it. So it's tough to really be like, Oh, Deuce, you should never pull up again. Obviously, he should. It's a it's a skill that he has, and it's a very valuable skill in the NBA. So, like, he shouldn't abandon it. But, you know, the guy used to be a football player. He was like, he was a quarterback, you know, and, but like a pretty big quarterback from what it looks like. I mean, he's well built. He's not like it, he might be height and wingspan and stuff similar to like Emmanuel Quickly, but he's not built like Emmanuel Quickly. Like he's he's pretty beefy, you know, for a for a guy who's like a point guard. So. I would love to see him get inside more, you know, especially against G League competition, start learning how to use his body to, you know, sort of create space for himself. Sort of like what we've seen for RJ Barrett, you know, where he struggled a bit at first with when you would get inside, you know, what do you do? And, you know, it's something that you have to learn over time. We're like, okay, this is how I create space. This is how I finish around someone who's much bigger than me. This is how I finish over someone who's smaller than me, you know, all this stuff. Do still get there. I think hopefully he'll, be given some time to figure that out in the G League again this year, even if it's only a few games, you know, like he went down. It, it seemed like a ton because he averaged so many points and it was so crazy every time he went down. But I think he only went down to the G League like six times last year. And that's fine. You know, just do it like when you're at home on a homestand, you know, and it, it, you've got two games, two Knicks games bookending a Westchester Knicks game. Just, you know, if you know he's not going to be playing which, you know, again, this is all contingent on if he stays, if there's a Donovan Mitchell trade or whatever. But, you know, if you know he's not going to be playing, have him go to the Westchester Knicks in between those two Knicks games. Then he can still practice with his teammates, you know, on the big squad. But 
can get some reps in in Westchester. So hopefully he's able to do that and keep refining his skill set. Um, it's easy to forget, but he was one of the the younger sophomores coming out last year in the draft. So, you know, he's still fairly young. He's definitely still got a lot of room to grow. So I hope that he's given those opportunities in Westchester. And after seeing him in in the summer league, I, I have no doubt he'll he'll still crush it in the G League, just like he did last year. So that'll be fun to see as well, just to see him, you know, light it up a little bit and have a good time, hopefully with getting inside a bunch and drawing tons of free throws because he shot like, I think he, he can't have missed more than like one or two free throws the entire summer league. He shot like 95%. Um, so definitely worth it for him to get in there. Trevor Keels and Jan Montero, I apologize. I think I was pronouncing it Gene. It's, it's Jan Montero. Uh, both definitely need some work. Trevor Keels, I've said a few times, we're not going to, Beat a dead horse here. I also just went on uh, Locked on Blue Devils the other day. If you guys want to check that out, talked about RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish, and Trevor Keels. But I, he needs to put in some work on his conditioning, I think, and try to get his burst up. You know, he needs to find a way to create separation from NBA level defense because, quite frankly, he was facing college level and like journeyman NBA, I guess, level defense in Summer League because, you know, you have some guys that are just trying to find a contract you know, that have been at this in the G League and, you know, the Summer League, whatever, for years that want to try to find a home, uh, you know, and also just fellow first and second year guys. And no matter who was matched up on him, it seemed like Keels was sort of the weak link on offense, like not being able to blow by anybody, not being able to get the elevation to get a shot off super clean. I, I think he just really needs to work on the physical aspect because I, I liked what I saw from mentality and you know, defense, like the way that he approaches defense and plays passing lanes and stuff. I, I didn't think he took too many gambles, maybe gambles a little bit, but I think that's a useful role for certain guys. And, you know, even if he gets in shape and loses a little bit of weight or whatever, he'll still be built really big for a guard. So, you know, he could lose 15, 20 pounds and still hold up physically, uh, but also hopefully gain, you know, some to his vertical, some to his, his, you know, end to end explosiveness and like, first step explosiveness to be able to get to the hoop easier and then use that pretty good size that he has to hopefully clear a little space for himself and be able to finish around the rim uh, instead of what we mostly saw during the summer league, which was anytime he would get inside the three point line, it, he was easily able to be blocked by someone taller or someone more athletic. So because he just wasn't getting a lot of elevation on pretty much anything uh, anywhere on the floor. So that's what I hope to see from him for Montero. Uh, you know, I think they should try to let him be more of a facilitator. You know, I think that he showed some similar to Deuce. I think he showed some pull up shooting ability. Uh, you know, he's got sort of like the cojones to, you know, do that sort of thing and create his own shot, take threes, you know, get inside and actually take like mid range jumpers as well. Needs to work on getting all the way to the hoop. Needs to work on just like running an offense. It didn't, he didn't seem super comfortable with the ball in his hands trying to, you know, direct traffic out there. So I would hope that he gets that opportunity in Westchester to sort of grow. Hopefully the Knicks are able to take advantage of that, though. I fully acknowledge, like, he's a pretty well-regarded undrafted player. So if he goes to the Westchester Knicks and starts showing out, I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks, you know, if, particularly if they want to keep Farron Hunt, don't just say, well, all right, well, I guess we got to let you go because, you know, some other team wants you on a two-way deal, which happened with, like, Miles Powell. And I think a couple other guys that the Knicks have had in their G League system at one time or another. So something to keep an eye on with Montero. But I I would say between Keels and Montero, I liked what I saw out of Montero quite a bit better. Though I think 
maybe I see a little higher of a ceiling for Keels just because I can see a world where if he can just get an NBA shape, he could potentially turn into a, a pretty productive player. Um, lastly, I'll just say like if, if Daquan Jeffries ends up in Westchester, I think he'll be a really fun player to, to watch. I think that he's a, he's like a real bulldog. It seems like he kind of just does a little bit of everything, maybe a bit of a Jack of all trades, master and none. He also might, he's another guy that, you know, maybe we'll start the year in Westchester. It probably will get a call up from some NBA team at some point on a 10 day deal. I think they said on one of the broadcasts, he played for like three different teams last year over the last two years or something like that has gotten some NBA service time in that time. So, um, you know, but kudos to him. I thought he had a really solid summer league. I thought he did himself a lot of favors if he's trying to, you know, find some NBA work this year. And then Micah Potter, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to make it to the NBA again. Maybe he's a guy that gets some 10 day looks or something from, you know, the thunders of the world later in the season when they just need warm bodies out there. But, I don't really know if I see an NBA career for him. That said, at the G League level, I think the Westchester Knicks, as of right now, don't look like they have a lot of guys that project to be there that will be like true bigs. So if he goes down there and he plays, you know, center for the Westchester Knicks, I think he could provide the rebounding. And we saw like a smidge of room protection and stuff like that uh, in the summer league. So against that level of competition, I think he could be pretty good. Seems to have a, a decent touch on offense as well. So. Nice, nice player there too. Hopefully, he finds a little bit of NBA service time this year too. Hopefully, all the guys that are on the Westchester Knicks eventually make it to the NBA because it was cool. Or, I'm sorry, the Summer League Knicks, maybe eventually Westchester Knicks, uh, find some playing time in the NBA because it was cool rooting for them. It was cool having some Knicks to root for and to watch and to observe for a little bit. But now we're back to the lull. So, till next time, Gavin and I will have some more good shows coming up for you guys still free agency stuff to talk about, obviously more so on the trade front than free agents at this point uh, might have our boss coming on for an episode this week. Uh, that should be pretty fun. Maybe even as soon as tomorrow. So keep your ears out for that. Uh, other than that, we've, we'll have other stuff to talk about. Well, we'll get into peak off season form. Hopefully do a mailbag soon uh, where we can answer some questions from you guys that you have of us. We'll, of course, have our fingers on the pulse of the Donovan Mitchell situation and keep you guys up to date with that. But until next time, I've been Alex Wolf. Thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you guys all soon. Peace.